بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد ہُسلی اللہ رسول الکریم الحمد للہ ٹنائٹ از دا سکسٹ آف اکٹوبر ان دی ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوئنٹی تھری So like I mentioned, those who strive towards the hereafter are the most intelligent. Our beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he had interestingly said, the truest names are Harith and Hammam. The truest names are Harith and Hammam. This is recorded in Abu Dawood, number 4950. Ahmad in his Muslim, number 18,933. And Shaykh al-Bani, Rahmatullah, alayhi, stated Sahih li-ghayri in As-Sahihah, number 1,040. So what did our beloved messenger mean when he said, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, these are the truest names, Harith and Hammam. Because every person tills soil and is active, he should be constantly striving until the inevitable. Harith and Hammam is referring to the farmers. So the Prophet was highlighting that these are the truest names. Why? Because you are striving aye, to gain the pleasure of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our beloved messenger, he said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in Sayyih Muslim, number 223, every person begins his day as a vendor of his nafs, either freeing it or ruining it. Subhanallah. Every person begins his day as a vendor of his nafs, either freeing it or ruining it. So the Prophet said, you are actually a salesman and you either make a profit or you are in loss. And he mentioned the nafs in particular, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So now you get some whispers of the shaitan. So one of the classic whispers of shaitan is that you're doing your good deeds and he won't allow that. So what doubt does he put into your heart? The doubt he puts into your heart is, what if after you die there is nothing? Therefore your striving is futile. Have you heard that whisper? Right? This is shaitan. So you're doing good deeds and obviously you believe what Allah Ta'ala and His Messenger mentioned about the rewards. Shaitan will put the opposite into your heart. So Imam Ghazali, Rahmatullah, he counted this. In his Ihya, page 305, in the chapter on condemnation of error, he said, There are two basic matters of the idea raised by shaitan. One of the basic matters is that this world is cash and the next world is credit. And this is correct. So what does shaitan put into your head? Cash is always better than credit. Cash in hand. Cash is dunya. Credit, he goes... That's the next. Then Imam Ghazali said, another thing is that cash is always better than credit. And in the worldly sense, that's true. This idea, though logical, needs to be inquired into, Imam Ghazali said. If cash is only equal to credit, then cash is better, undoubtedly. But if cash is less than credit, then credit is better. So what did Imam Ghazali say? Cash 
and credit. If it's equal, then of course cash is better because you've got something in your hand. Credit is no guarantee. But how can cash be better when the credit is far greater? <laughs> he goes, just count the shaitan. He goes, who's made these promises? Rasulullah. So he said, it happened. The Honorable Imam then further said, Rahmatullah, in his Ihya, page 306 in the chapter on condemnation of error. The merchants undertake labor on certain faith. They do this because they are not sure of profit. Similarly, a learned man undertakes effort on sure faith, but he is uncertain in gaining rank of learning. A hunter is certain about hunting, but uncertain about the game. Aye, but he still makes effort. Those to give up sure matters, I cash, forgetting uncertain matters, credit becomes necessary. To stop in the court. So look how beautifully he's, he was a master, you know, break, you know, he would break down things to their bare components. So what examples did he give? You should do this in your life. He goes, the person who's a businessman, he, why is he making effort? Because he's got iman. What's his iman? I will make a profit. Well, how do you know you're going to make a profit? And the response is, well, this is to do with experience and this, that, and the other. He goes, very good, but it's still Iman. Correct. He goes, right. Second example he gives. A person wants to learn. But how do you know you're going to learn? The person goes, well, I'm I'm definitely going to learn. That's Iman. Third example. A, a, A hunter is going out to hunt. How do you know you're going to catch something? And he goes, no, no, I know the tracks. I, you know, I, I've, I've studied and this, that. So then the Imam Ghazali said, therefore, notice, credit becomes necessary. What's the credit? Your Iman. Then he said, a tradesman rightly says, if I do not trade, I shall remain hungry and my loss would be great. But if I trade, I may suffer a loss, but I will gain much. Mm. Similarly, a patient swallows bitter pills and he is not certain that he will recover. But he is certain about the bitterness of the medicine. He says, the bitterness of the medicine is less than the fear of death owing to illness. Mm. I'm willing to take the bitterness even though I'm not guaranteed. Mm. Then he said, this rule, as has been shown, is applicable also to the uncertainty of the next world. Mm. Aye, but that is exactly what Iman is. So look how beautiful. Next time you get that whisper, what did the Mount Ghazali do? Got baseball bat, knock shaitan out of ballpark. Right? Why? Because any doubts that creep in, you have to counter it. So when you get these doubts, what if you just die? What if you this, this and that? Then you just say, well, stop working then. Stop taking bitter medicine. You will never do that. Because you know that, look, just for a bit of a hardship, I know there's goodness in this. Then what about your life? And this is why Imam Ghazali, he said, and this is another beautiful example, in his Ihya, page 311, in the chapter on the condemnation of error. Firstly, a man desires a child, but he doesn't marry. Secondly, even if he marries, he does not have relations with his wife. Thirdly, even if he has relations, he does not eject the semen into her uterus. Such a man would he not be called mad if he says, I still want a child. Mm. Similarly, 
He who hopes for the mercy of Allah but does not have Iman. Secondly, even if he has Iman but does not do righteous deeds. And thirdly, he also does not give up sins and expects mercy. Is he also not a fool? Well, beautiful. So imagine, you think about it. Imagine, imagine a person sincerely comes up to you and goes, I want to have a son or a daughter. So you say, well, okay, brother, no, mashallah, you know, that's a noble aspiration. And then he goes, but then you say, well, uh, are you married? He goes, no. He goes, oh, so you're intending to marry? He goes, no. Then you go, how are you going to be given a son? <laughs> Another person goes, oh, no, no, of course I'm married. I'm looking forward to a child. But then he, he just never has relations with his wife. <laughs> and you think, well, you're not as mad as the first person, but you're still mad. And the third person, he doesn't go through the motion with which to impregnate the wife. He goes, everybody will say a madness. Then look how beautiful. He gave three examples there. Similarly, the one who hopes for Allah's mercy, but has no iman. Because he's mad. Even if he has iman, but he doesn't do deeds, <laughs> expecting mercy, he's mad. And even if he's iman, but he doesn't give up sins, because what, isn't he also a fool? So what was Imam Ghazali getting across? Imam Ghazali was getting across is you need to work. It's not a case of just aspiring and wishing. How many people, if you ask any Muslim, you, you want to go to paradise? Yes. What are you doing about it then? Making dua. <laughs> and then you go, making dua? Are you supposed to be doing something before making duas? So think about that. You know how beautiful he's clarifying upon these things. One of the scholars, this is from the book, How to Protect Yourself from Jinn and Shaitan, page 203, by Mawlana Wahid Abdus Salam. He calls some of the scholars who said, Allah the Almighty has formed the angels with intellects, but they don't have desires. So stop in the court. So what have the angels got? They've got intellect. Have they got desires? No. He has formed animals with desires, but without rational brains. Mm. But he has formed mankind with both desires and intellect. So up to that point, you think, okay, what's your point? <laughs> Those, whoever makes his intellect overcome his desires, he is better than the angels. Well, whoever lets his desires overcome his brain, he is worse than the animals. Yeah, this is, these are the inheritors of the prophets. So why? Think about it. Somebody goes, what, what's, what, why are, are we animals? No, we're not animals. No, no, we're not animals. We're human beings. Yeah, but we're just like on top of the, you know, the, the food chain out there. So he goes, look, forget about that. We're not animals. Why aren't we animals? Animals, would you agree they've got desires? Yes. But do you, have they got much ration? No. Where's the proof they haven't got ration? Why do horses allow us to ride them? Is that rational? Something stronger is letting something weak ride them. Where's the ration in that? Elephants, rhinoceros, right? Lions. Why have we got the edge over them? Because we've got intellects. You go, okay, I've got your points. So why, why, Think about that. 
the angels don't have desires they don't desire food drink you know sexual relations they've got intellects is okay we've got both the angelic qualities and the animalistic qualities is what your point if you use your intellect to overcome your desire who are you better than the angels why because they don't have desires they got nothing to overcome that's the point but if you let your desires overcome your intellect you're worse than an animal why because they haven't got aql so our potential is incredible but at the same time we can be the lowest of the law that we see in many in today's day and age and this is why <laughs> there's a report in abu naim al hilya 7-48 sufyan al thuri rahmatullahi he once wrote to uthman ibn zaida rahmatullahi the most sagacious of the sagacious is he who enters paradise because of a sin he committed so this is a letter so what an opening statement he goes this person is the most intelligent of the intelligent he's gone to paradise because of a sin straight away has he got your attention <laughs> got my attention then he said how for he places that sin before his eyes continually being constantly afraid for himself on account of that sin until he departs this world and he enters paradise <laughs> then he said the most foolish of the foolish is the one who goes to the fire because of a good deed how he places the good deed before his eyes constantly remembering it <laughs> hoping for reward in the meanwhile he takes his sins lightly he continues to remain upon this condition until he passes from the world and enters the fire because of amazing advice in abu nuaim al hiya 7-48 a person goes to paradise because of a sin a person goes to hell because of a good deed so what was the reality the reality is there's wisdom in sin why is allah taala created us that you know we're set up to fail we know begin a sin that's a setup so why is allah taala set us up there's the wisdom that when you sin you grieve so much over it it takes you to paradise but good deeds because there's a danger shaitan won't make you think you're a special person you you did so many good deeds so then you start thinking you're special then what happens straight to hell does right so what was the advice he was saying realize think deeply about matters and similarly if you remember death how great it is in tabrani in his ausat tarhib volume 5 page 158 al hatami in majma az zawaid volume 10 page 325 comments upon the chain of narrators ayat sahab volume 3 page 276 of the new english translation our beloved mother aisha radiyallahu anha said allah the almighty loves the one who remembers death allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves the one who remembers death why because that is the key to success why if you remember death what's the next stage you start preparing for it mm-hmm. what did the prophet sallallahu say the one who remembers death and prepares for it the most he is the most intelligent what's the first thing he said who remembers death allah taala loves it now flip the coin which person does allah taala detest just reverse it forget it 
The one who refuses to reflect on death. He just doesn't want to talk about it. Why? He's not going to prepare that. So this is why this subject, we spent a few sessions on it. Thinking about death is not, it's not hard, it's not easy on the nafs. But it's an essential subject. And this is why there's a report. The hadith is in Behaki, Tabarani, Hakim, Abu Ya'la, Bazar, Ibn Abi Dunya, Targib, Volume 3, page 65. Al-Haytabi in Majma Az-Zawa'id, Volume 10, page 77. Hayat al-Sahaba, Volume 5, page 55 of the New English Translation. Sayyidina Jabir radiyallahu, he relates that our beloved messenger said, sallallahu alayhi wa The person who wishes to know his status in the sight of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, should see what Allah's status is in his sight. This is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants a servant only that status in his sight that the servant grants to Allah ta'ala in his sight. So let's break this down. So what did our beloved messenger say? And isn't it true? I wonder what my station is. Have you ever thought about that? I wonder where I'm, where I'm on the scales. Don't worry about it. You, you answer that by saying, where's Allah ta'ala in your sight? What do you mean by that? How much are you fearing and obeying him? The more you fear and obey him, the more honorable you are in his sight. The more you disobey and lack of fear, the less you are in his sight. So the answer, this is the statement people make. I wonder where I am. Don't worry, speech for the speech. Where is Allah Ta'ala in your sight? Where was Allah Ta'ala in Abu Bakr's sight? Think about it. That's why you're so great. In Umar's sight, Uthman, Ali. And where is it in our sight? So note, you have to prepare. Preparing is everything. And just to add this, to wrap up, one of the unusual blessings in paradise, which isn't often mentioned, and we look forward to it, inshallah, is the incredible knowledge which Allah Ta'ala will bless us with. So Mufti Shafi, Rahmatullah, in Ma'rifal Quran, volume 4, page 5 to 6 to 7 of the English translation, he said, The spiritual master Shah Abuddin Suhrawardi, Rahmatullah, he said, After having reached paradise, the people of paradise as a whole will be blessed with the station of knowledge and wisdom which is occupied by the scholars in the mortal world. Stop in the quote. So who's doing the quote? Mufti Shafi, Grand Mufti of Pakistan, passed away in 1979. He's quoting a master of the heart. Shah Abuddin Suhrawardi. He's quoting him. He's saying, the general people in paradise, they will be given the knowledge of the great scholars in the world, in paradise. So imagine that a simple person enters paradise, he's got the knowledge of Imam Abu Hanifa. Right? This is what he says first. However, the scholars would rise to the station the prophets have here. So when Imam Abu Hanifa enters in paradise, he'll have the knowledge of a prophet. The prophets would rise to the station occupied by Sayyidina Muhammad al-Mustafa, the foremost amongst them in this world. So Adam, when he enters paradise, he'll be given the knowledge of Rasulullah in paradise. For example, and he will occupy the highest station 
of nearness to Allah the Almighty in paradise. It is thus possible that this may be the maqam al-Mahmud, the praiseworthy station referred to in the dua after azan. The Prophet said, make a dua for me. Allahumma rabba hazihi al-da'wad al-tamati wa salati al-kamati aati muhammadin al-wasir wal-fadida. And then he goes on, you're asking for maqam al-Mahmud. What is that? It's a unique station there. The Prophet goes, only one person has it. So what is that then? He goes, this is possibly it. So look how amazing. One of the blessings that, be honest, have you ever heard this before? When you talk about paradise, it's always about hoodies and food and drink and this and palaces and rivers. And What about knowledge? You know, brother, that's finished. <laughs> We're kissing hand for. So what do you mean it's finished? That's one of the greatest blessings. Then he goes, I don't understand. Layman goes in, he's got the Imam's knowledge. Why has he got that knowledge? Because now he can appreciate the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The scholars entered, they got the knowledge of the prophets. Do you imagine? What suddenly opens up to them? The prophets get the knowledge of Rasulullah. Rasulullah, the one and only. Mahmud. So think about that. That's another blessing Allah Ta'ala wants to give. Maybe it was in reference to this that our beloved messenger said, most of the inhabitants of paradise will be simple and straightforward. And the illiyun will be for the sublime. This is in Bazaar, Imam Ghazali in his Ihya, volume 4, page 398, in the chapter on love, longing, intimacy and contentment. I mentioned this yesterday. Most of the people in paradise are simple, the Prophet said. Mention it here. Mm. They're simple, not, not in the sense of, you know, retarded. <laughs> Just simple, they maybe can't read or write. You know, they don't know much about dunya. They're straightforward, most people. But then what did the Prophet say? And the illiyun is for the sublime. That's the highest grade. Who's the sublime? Maybe he's talking about the Prophet again. Let us just rush to that most awesome of abodes about which our beloved messenger had very interestingly said. If it was said to the people of paradise, you shall remain in paradise for as long as there are pebbles on the earth. They would grieve. But no to all is eternity. This is in the Barani. So think about that. If I was to say to you, you're in jail for as long as there's pebbles on the earth. You'd think, why are you taking the mic? You might as well say, I'm in, I'm in jail till I die. What's this wording you come out with? Imagine you say that to the people of uh, paradise. They, you know, normally in the world you think, you might as well have said life. But paradise is such an auspicious place that if you are told you're in here for as long as there's pebbles on earth. So educate, I guess. How many years are you talking? How many years will pebbles survive on the earth? It's just a stupid question. Do you have a guess in it, brother? Right? 100 billion years. Wow, yes. So let's put that into the hadith. If all people are paradise, you are here for 100 billion years. Now, you ask a person, what do you think the person of paradise would say when he hears that? He'd probably say, well, you still think, well, I'm here for, it's as good as forever. The Prophet said, no, they would be devastated. Now, think about that. That's a secret. Why are you devastated? you're in Jannah. You now know what you've got. 
Don't even joke with me. Like you say, don't even joke. If you say that, I'm going to go into depression. But the Prophet said, but don't worry, it's forever. And also the Prophet said in the same report, if a person of hell is told you will come out of hell, I'm sorry, you will stay in hell for as long as there's pebbles on the earth, they'd celebrate. Imagine, it's such a horrific place. If you said to him, you're staying in here for a hundred billion years, he'll say, honestly, I'm not coming out. Because <laughs> you just hear what I just said to you, a hundred billion years, right? Because it's such a horrific place. If I'm coming out, but the, but the Prophet said it's eternity. And this is what you're gambling with. Imagine, somebody goes, you know, I hate gamblers. Haram, brother. Well, you're the biggest gambler, brother. <laughs> and he goes, how am I gambling? I've never been in a casino in my life. You're gambling with eternity. Reflect. Even if there was a microscopic, atomic, minuscule possibility of leaving that most glorious abode, its residence, now finally realizing its worth, would be utterly devastated with grief. This is why in the Quran, to finish, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? In Surah Fatir, Surah 35, verse 35. لَا يَمَسُّنَا فِيهَا نَصَبٌ وَلَا يَمَسُّنَا فِيهَا لُغُوبٌ No toil or weariness shall touch us there. <laughs> what an amazing thing Allah is telling about the people of paradise. He goes, I, because you will say, I'm never going to get tired. There's no yawning in paradise. Now think about that. Can you truly understand that quality? No toil or weariness. How quickly do you get tired in the world? You know, even if you have a good, nice, cracking sleep, you know, if you get up, you know, have a good like, 10 hours and you get up. Sometimes you have another nap, right? Four hours later, you just got up, brother. And you go, oh, no, I could do another 40, 40 weeks and that. Paradise, the Quran says, no toil or weariness shall touch us. Why? Because it's getting in the way. You're not going to get tired. You're going to be able to appreciate the blessings. And in another verse, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? In Surah An-Nahl, Surah 16, verse 31. This verse is very important for the females. Lahum fiha ma They will have therein all that they desire. What do women always ask? Why have you got hoodies? Go to paradise. Then ask me that question in paradise. Then I'm going to ask it, right? But they still keep asking you, no, 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 you got hoodies, you got hoodies, hoodie, 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 right? What have I got, right? And then you say to that, you know, bachala, it? are you actually upset with Allah, the last division? And he goes, no, no, oh, no, I didn't mean that. What, what, are you, what are you asking me for? I'm not the owner of paradise. And then you say to them, look, don't you read the Quran? And they don't. Because what is the same Quran? Lahum fiha ma They will have whatever they wish. Who's there? Those blokes. So, are you going to be upset? But you can have whatever you want. This is the state of the Muslims. They're even mourning about paradise. Not mourning about the council house. Council tax coming in. Oh, you got hoodies. Those what desire of any male or female will be left unfulfilled. Think about that. This is the place where we can truly exert, you know, our expend and enjoy ourselves, you know, for eternity. You know, one of the clues why 
is eternal, is the vastness. What's the length of land of the lowest person in paradise? Anyway, no? So this is the lowest ranked person in paradise. How much land do you think Allah has given him? Is it ten times more than this earth? Okay, that's one report. This world and one like it. Okay, that's another report. Well, the both those hadiths say more. What hadith pinpoints it? Now think about this. This is the lowest person in paradise. Tunbadi, Hakim, Sayyid Hadith. Two thousand years journey. So when I read that report, I actually paused and goes, what does that mean? When you say Jane, is he referring to a human being walking? Is he talking about a person jogging? Is he talking about a person on a horseback? He's talking about a bird flying? Talking about an angel? So let's take the slowest of the slowest human being. Let's say, I'm not saying it is, how much distance can you travel in 2,000 years? I'm not even going to bother working it out. Right? Somebody goes to you 2 miles an hour, 50 miles a day, 50 miles a day, times that by continue, go to Matza. So in a year, what are you talking, 50 miles a day, roughly? About 15,000 miles? 15,000 miles, times that by 200. You're talking about a couple of million miles? Right? So if you take a human being, the lowest person in paradise, he's got 2 million miles of land. You still don't get it here. Why? Because circumference of the world is how long? How much? 60,000 miles. He's got more land than planet Earth. Why has he got so much land? Because he's got an eternity to explore. Be a bit boring, wouldn't it? Oh, I've been here. 6,000 years ago, I'm sure I came here before. This is the lowest person. So it's not, and that's why now you, you know, and if you think this, think about the, the filthy rich. Mm-hmm. I've heard them say this. Mm-hmm. There's one woman being interviewed, and she's the, you know, she's the heir of her father's hotel business, mm-hmm. multi billionaire. And she actually was asked this question Is it true that you have a mansion and you haven't gone into every one of the rooms? Mm-hmm. And she didn't even blink. She goes, Yeah. So stop handling it. What? How can you own a dwelling and you haven't been in every room? That's not normal wealth. Think about that. Now this is a bachara on the earth. Do you honestly believe a person in paradise? Allah is going to make him do that. You probably enter a room once for eternity. Wait, I think I'll go in here for a bit now. Right? And imagine when you're experiencing those blessings. What was shaitan trying to deprive me of on the earth? Going back to what Imam Ghazali said, cash is better. Is it? Cash better than this. Right? So not, you know, you have to keep focusing. What do they say? Keep your eye on the prize. <laughs> keep your eye on the prize. You know, they're training. They even tell them that. Because you've got to have the eye of the tiger. Right? Because what's, what's all that? Right? He goes, keep your eye on the prize. And he goes, what? what, what? Paradise. Right? No, I'm not talking about Kajawala. Right? You know, world championship belt. I'm talking about paradise. Keep you and always focus. Don't let anybody deter you from that. So what I mentioned again today was again talking about reflections on the afterlife. And again, not an endless subject, but the most important thing is remembering and then preparing. Making you the most intelligent as mentioned by the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Are there any questions you have to ask? 
Tomorrow, we have one of the home of the Hamlet to lie, the Hill and the Stuffer, the Katu, the Lake of the Lime, the Shalajim, Subhanallah, the Bikara, the Lizard, and my school, Salam and Al Mursani, or Hamlet, the Lime, the Sulla, the Marim, or Asp, the Sandra Fukus, the Ladina Amu, and the Sulihat, the Wasp, the Hak, or the Wasp, the Sulla.